Hello, TuneIn listeners. I'm your host, Keela Parkinson, and you are listening to TuneIn Radio for Your Mind, Body, and Soul, our special Thanksgiving Day episode. I'm so excited to be here with you today and to share Thanksgiving Day with you and to get into something, this great little devotional book that I have. It's actually a prayer book, a book of poetry. It is a collection of prayers, poems, and prose for everyday thankfulness called Gratitude Prayers, collected and edited by June Kotner for Andrews McNeil. And I love this book, and I just thought it was so beautiful for Thanksgiving and our episode here together. I love it for so many reasons. One of the main reasons, the first reason, is that it was a gift, a Christmas gift to me from my niece, Olivia Krause, who some of you know, she has been a guest on the show. And I think we talked during pandemic and just about, you know, what the 20-somethings were doing and also, excuse me, about some offerings that Olivia had at the time. And so this gift, I love this gift so much. It is this collection. It is this beautiful little... um, kind of it looks like a traditional bound traditionally bound book and um it's handheld it's got one of those great little ribbon bookmarks built right into the spine and so um I'm just gonna flip through you'll hear the pages turning as I'm doing this with you today I'm going to have um calmer energy than I usually do on our our episodes maybe you won't hear me laughing as much and it's just going to be me talking to you today No dialogue with um, an amazing guest, although of course we will have more of that next week. Today I thought to get into a really centered state of mind, you may already be in the frenzy while you're listening to this, you may be right in the middle of lunch with everybody, Um, you may save this to listen to again later because today we're doing something different also where this episode is dropping simultaneously on the podcast as it airs on WVLP. So You'll be able to go back to bookmark your favorite episodes um, and and to really listen to this. So, um, you know, check that out. Go to both places. Be a WVLP listener and supporter. And um, we're very excited, of course, for our relationship with 103.1 WVLP in Valparaiso. And these books, this book, this wonderful little book that I'm going to read snippets from today for you lots of wonderful snippets and part of why I'm being (laughs) calmer (laughs) or trying to be is because I really wanted you know especially if you are in the frenzy and the thick of it for you to have this place to go to to center yourself to be in a state of active gratitude and to be in a state of calm centeredness and and a form of mindfulness because as you know This show is about mindfulness in all its forms, including as we gather together with our community. And I want to say, if you are not gathering with the community today, that is, of course, a totally fine way to celebrate Thanksgiving. Maybe you're listening internationally and Thanksgiving has no application to you. So again, what's wonderful about this book is it is called Prayers, Poems, and Prose for Everyday Thankfulness. And it's really about the attitude of thankfulness, the attitude of thanks 
giving, the act of demonstrating our gratitude. And you'll see more about that as we read into the different sections and how they're categorized in different ways. And, and the poets and the, the writers who are um, in this collection, they run the gamut. And so, you know, we'll hear from mystics like Rumi and, um, and Walt Whitman, and we'll hear from everyday people who are also very centered with a very fun story that I have to share of a little surprise connection that I found later. It's another thing that makes this book one of my absolute favorites. And the third thing is that after <clears throat> Olivia Krauss gifted this to me, my niece, as a little Christmas present, I... Um, used it in my morning devotional practice for almost a year. And so I just got so much mileage and traction out of this. And it's something that I do go to from time to time to mix up my morning devotional practice. So it's very exciting and also very calming. So without further ado, please, let's get right into, won't you join me with centering your hand on your heart or two hands closing your eyes and taking a nice deep breath if you'd like to or if you can and getting ready to receive the wonderful words of wisdom in gratitude prayers prayers poems and prose for everyday thankfulness by june cotner collected by june cotner with andrews mcneil publishing her inscription in the opening is no halos no wings dedicated to all those everywhere who spread kindness every day. And I know that's you, dear listener. So I'm going to do something that you may not expect. I'm going to read from the table of contents. I'm going to read not everything in the table of contents, but I'm going to go over just especially the beginning few sections so you get an idea of how this little booklet is structured. And section one is called Simple Pleasures. And it starts with an excerpt from Walt Whitman's Miracles. And so I'll read you that particular excerpt. And actually, that whole collection, this first section, One Simple Pleasures, begins with a quote from William Wordsworth. All that we behold is full of blessings. I encourage you to, if you aren't familiar with some of these writers, some of them are so classic and many of them have informed spiritual thinking and philosophical discussions through decades in America in particular. So including Wordsworth and Walt Whitman. <clears throat> so I encourage you, if you aren't familiar with them and their work, take a deep dive, get out that Google or whatever search engine you use and explore. This is Miracles, an excerpt from Walt Whitman. Why, who makes much of a miracle? As to me, I know of nothing else but miracles, whether I walk the streets of Manhattan or look at strangers opposite me riding in the car or watch honeybees busy around the hive of a summer forenoon or animals feeding in the fields or birds or the wonderfulness of the sundown or of stars shining so quiet and bright or the exquisite, delicate, thin curve of the new moon in spring. To me, every hour of the light and dark is a miracle. Every cubic inch of space is a miracle. Every square yard of the surface of the earth is spread with the same. What stranger miracles are there? I love how Whitman ends with this question, like, 
I see so many miracles and then there are miracles I don't even know yet. What else could there be, right? He's naming things just on the planet. And what about outer space, right? Whitman died in 1892, way before space exploration. And he could still ponder those stars. So I love this. And simple pleasures, right? He names simple things. Walking the streets of Manhattan, watching honeybees. I love that. We can do that too. We can do that whether we live in urban or bucolic settings. Speaking of bucolic or urban, you can have a, a rooftop garden perhaps or a patio garden. The next, the, oh, speaking of, there's a little ant <laughs> crawling on my desk as my space heater has heated up my little <laughs> podcast shed. <laughs> this winter ant thinks that it's time to... Um, come out of the of the anthill so <laughs> and he's probably looking for holy tomatoes which is the next poem by Ginny Lowe Connors and I, again I'm not going to read all of these poems to you I'm going to read different selected works from this selection of works this compilation but in simple pleasures I just want to read to you the titles the other titles after Whitman's miracles this excerpt from miracles holy tomatoes by Ginny Lowe Connors Surprised by Mary Ann Hannon. Morning by Michael S. Glazer. Simple Pleasures by Susan Wiggins Bunch. Gentle Things by Thomas L. Reed. And Sunday Afternoon at Munsinger Gardens by Leah Browning. I'm going to read that one too next. But it ends with Happiness by Barbara Crooker and Gifts by Clay Harrison. And the reason I want to read Sunday Afternoon at Munsinger Gardens, first of all, that title just piques my interest. I hear that title and it's like a little um, still life in in words. And so that intrigues me and I want to read more. So I'm turning to the page that has Sunday Afternoon at Munsinger Gardens by Leah Browning. We sit on a blanket on the grass and listen to jazz as bits of fluff fall from the cottonwood trees, a hint of snow on this sunny summer day. Six ducklings follow their mother out of the underbrush and topple into the Mississippi River, the feathers of the mallards nearby, all flamboyant greens and purples, sunlight glittering on the deep blue of the water. The mother duck squawks and flaps her wings until the other ducks have scattered. Then she swims serenely around the ducklings, ignoring the rustle of wings around her as if nothing at all has happened. I feed the baby from a cup of vanilla ice cream and he gives me a kiss that's both sweet and pleasantly sticky. The people behind us are talking over the music. The grass is damp under our blanket. I feel so happy that it's almost painful. Sunday afternoon, the river shining silver and blue in the sun, ducklings tracing lazy circles in the water, shade trees on either side, and in the distance, almost too far away to see, the bridge leading back toward home. And, you know, this is that famous Mary Cassatt painting. I mean, here it is in, in words. Although this one is set at the Mississippi River. But I love this. It's a mother feeding the baby, watching the ducks. You know, it's a summer day. <clears throat> and the bridge leading back toward home. Again, possibilities at the end, right? Simple pleasures. And the simple not yet realized pleasures of possibilities. 
So chapter two is a little more of the same, but even more mundane in a way. The second section is about everyday life. And so again, I'm going to just read you the titles of this one and just a couple of selections that give some example of what that selection, these selections are on everyday life. And before I start to read you the titles of this one, I will say that this reminds me, this concept, this everyday life, it reminds me of that old Buddhist koan that, you know, um, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. And the, you know, one of the interpretations of this is that you receive enlightenment and you still are a human with human tasks. You know, we still have to do the adulting thing and pay our insurance and the mortgage, you know, even if we are masters. I mean, we could go and live in a, in a Buddhist wat, you know, in a, um, in a sangha. We could go <laughs> and live in a community. We could go and live in a, a kibitz. We could go wherever, you know, um, a, a commune <laughs> full of hippies in California, wherever we want to go. And we still take our people with us. We take our personhood with us. And so... We still have to work out conflicts. We still have to do the wash. We still have to do the chores. We still have to sweep the floors and and do the dishes. And um, if we don't find the holiness in those things, then we have lost our enlightenment. And, And enlightenment is something that comes and goes. So... I love that. And it reminds me too of the book, um, Jack Cornfield's After the Ecstasy, the Laundry. (laughs) It's so true. So the titles from chapter two, Everyday Life are No Need to Worry. um, And this says by author unknown. And so again, this is sort of a great lead in. Um, I'm going to this section. Bear with me for one second. Again, there's a quote at the beginning by Alphonse de de Lamartine. Sorry. Let us savor the most fleeting delights of our most beautiful days. Absolutely. And the No Need to Worry poem by author unknown, that famous author. (laughs) Good morning. This is God. I will be handling all of your problems today. I will not need your help. So have a great day. hasn't seen that as a meme or, you know, in like, I don't know, church newsletter or sign a marquee as you're driving past, you know, um, it's, it's very cute and quaint and, um, maybe it feels packed to some people, but if you do believe that there is some energy that is greater than you, um, some, I don't know, holy power, some higher power, some even not, um, completely, you know, sentient, but still something, something else beyond yourself, just the force of energies working together, um, the confluence of that wheel of fortune, (laughs) then, then it feels great to say, I don't control the world. Um, and I'm going to go into an anecdote (laughs) about that and a personal experience. After I say to you that you are listening to WVLP 103.1 FM, and this is Radio for Your Mind, Body, and Soul, tune in. I am your host, Keela Parkinson. And our show is underwritten in part by Kiki Productions, Inc. Communications Coaching, teaching exercises to help you cycle out of fight or flight in the moment. With a mission to create individual harmony to add peace to the world, Kiki Productions, Inc.'s philosophy is... 
When you are confident, focused, and authentic with your message, you are a magnet to those you wish to attract. Learn how you can speak your truth with love at coachkiki.com. And learn more about social emotional learning and emotional processing for all the ages at the newsletter for writers and readers, buildbetterhumans.substack.com. So again, our show today is all about gratitude and the action we can take of thanksgiving any day of the year, anywhere that we are, no matter who we are or how we live our lives. And so we're reading selections today from a collection book called Gratitude Prayers, Prayers, Poems, and Prose for Everyday Thankfulness, selected by June Cotner. And we are in section two about everyday life. And we've just read that little snippet of No Need to Worry that maybe sounds just too trite to you. And it might feel trite. The way you've experienced it perhaps has been too trite. I don't know. But I will say that I had this experience (laughs) when I was in my early 20s and I had first moved to Chicago. And I was waiting for the L train. So it's a cold winter and I had, I'm from the Midwest. I had lived through winters, but I had never experienced a Chicago winter. And I would say probably other than Minnesota, it is one of the coldest experiences you're going to have. It is the windy city. And that wind was whipping all over between those buildings up in the air as I was on the elevated platform waiting for that train that was late. (laughs) And I was so angry I was furious. How dare the train be late when it was cold out and I had places to be. And when I did get home that evening to my roommates, I remember complaining and saying this. And my friend who had been in the city longer than I had said, you know, this is a big city. Keela, you don't control the L train. (laughs) And he said, the buses and trains in Chicago run late and it's your job to build in the time to wait for them. And I was so mad. How could I, how could I be expected to wait in the cold? And he said, at the time, he said, there are over 3,000 people, sorry, 300,000 people in the city. And (laughs) they all figure it out. (laughs) Because I was all ready to like write a letter, you know, to the CTA, (laughs) which is so funny. It was like, you're not going to change Chicago. And um, that statement comes to mind for me sometimes. You don't control the L train, right? And it was, <laughs> it was so great. And really just this reminder of my place in that city at the time. And then, you know, a reminder of my place in the universe that I do not control the universe around me. I have some control, but mostly I control my response. I can get there earlier. I can dress warmer. I can bring a book so I'm not so bored, right? Um, I can complain to friends and fall off steam if I'm angry about it. And I can then reset my expectations, which is what I had to do. And it was a really beautiful lesson that has come up for me again, time and time again. I am not as big as the city of Chicago. And so therefore, there are things that I don't control. Um, 
And so, you know, I could say, good morning, this is The Elevated. I will be handling all of your problems today. I will not need your help, so have a great day. And if I'm like, okay, train, you're going to come exactly when I need you to, (laughs) then I have a little bit of mindfulness and a little bit of cooperation in my world around me. So the next poem in this selection, there's another one called A Bit of Joy by Betty Ann Levitt. And there's one called The Wash Prayer. And I'm going to read this one too because, again, this reminds me so much of of Jack Kornfield and After the Ecstasy, The Laundry. This is by Lisa Zimmerman, The Wash Prayer. On the best days I offer this invisible work, this work so easily undone. So when the memory of sleep is smoothed from beds, when breakfast bowls return to their cupboard, I begin the litany of laundry, sadly astonished to see again the hill of clothes slumped in the wicker basket at their pro- all their, shoot, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just got a guest. Hi, guest. I'm recording a podcast. Did you not know that? <laughs> oh my goodness. This is beautiful. Again, synchronicity, because here I am thinking of my children and my family with <laughs> this wonderful poem <laughs> as we are getting ready for our thanks. We're packing up laundry and folding things and our Thanksgiving commute. And, <laughs> and I had a little visitor who <laughs> decided he doesn't want to be on the radio. Um, so friends, I'm going to start that poem over again. This is the wash prayer. And um, hey, enjoy your own interruptions today. And the sound of the swings now outside of my <laughs> in the background. This is the perfect, this is the perfect poem for this. Okay, again by Lisa Zimmerman, the wash prayer. On the best days I offer this invisible work, this work so easily undone. So when the memory of sleep is smoothed from beds, When breakfast bowls return to their cupboard, I begin the litany of laundry, sadly astonished to see again the hill of clothes slumped in the wicker basket, all their pride gone, their lives inhabiting other garments. And if it's a good day, I lovingly sort dark socks and wadded trousers from the baby's white t-shirts and his sister's pastels. Into the vessel, faithful as a truck, they go to churn and swirl in their mysterious froth, making shapes I cannot see. And after the dryer revives each wet skin, I sit and fold these clothes into safety, health, laughter, home. Amen. I love that one so much. I could read it over and over and over. I love her use of alliteration with a litany of laundry, right? And it is like, if you're a word nerd like I am, you're like, oh, it's a litany. It's a list. It's a word list of the laundry things I have to do. And yet they they come in these form of clothes. And I love her each wet skin, right? We put the clothes on our skin and it's revived into clothing then in the dryer. Oh my goodness, just these fun things. And then of course she folds them into safety, health, laughter, home. I also remember when this little visitor who just <laughs> came to my shed here was my very first baby. And um, the joy before he was even born of folding these little socks and onesies and booties and hats, right? And thinking how wonderful it was, how giving it was to do this laundry for this little person, to select these little suits of armor, these things to protect him from the cold and the sunshine and the wind. And um, gosh, it was so beautiful to me. And most of the clothes that I had received at that time were gifts from other people, either in the form of tons of hand-me-downs or, you know, of course, baby shower presents. And so 
there was this little moment for me initially of like, I haven't gotten to really choose his clothes, except for, you know, some things that had come from wish lists, perhaps. But I was like, I really want to buy clothes for my baby. And I mean, that wasn't to dismiss the gifts, the actual gifts, right? But then there was that little piece of jealousy that came up for me of... I want to provide these things for him. I want to. And it was this moment of actually doing the laundry and folding the laundry, washing all the, especially the things that were hand-me-downs and being like, oh my goodness, I have the gift of maintaining these. I get to receive these wonderful gifts from so many friends. And then I have the gift of maintaining them and creating this place where he can access his clothes and all of that. And that was something that I took very seriously for that little baby. So how beautiful. So again, if you're just tuning in, we are reading excerpts and selections from a collection of works called Gratitude Prayers, and it is subtitled Prayers, Poems, and Prose for Everyday Thankfulness. And you are listening to WVLP 103.1 FM, streaming live around the world at WVLP.org. Our show is Tune In, Radio for Your Mind, Body, and Soul, and I'm your host, Keila Parkinson. And you can go also to our podcast forum directly and subscribe for immediate updates every week and then some at anchor.fm slash Radio. You can also interact with us there, especially on our Spotify version. You can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts and subscribe that way as well. And if you're a Facebook user, you can interact with us at our fan page, which is facebook.com slash tune in mindful radio. So we've been reading some selections from this book and we've gone through the first section, one simple pleasures. Now we are in two everyday life and I'm going to read you the next one, which is an early morning gratitude check. Why am I choosing this one also? Well, this one, first it's short. (laughs) And second, it is that gratitude check about those simple little things. I love gratitude lists. This is a great way to practice practice mindfulness. We can reset our mindset and find even gifts in problems with this gratitude list. Um, There are so many ways to use a gratitude list proactively. And um, one example for this year for my family is we built a little gratitude tree. It was a gift from Olivia's mother. Um, And so that was a beautiful gift to our children. And we built this little wooden gratitude tree and we got to cut out little leaf shapes in construction paper and write some things that we were grateful on. And it was really nice to see the simple little things on there, you know, and we've got the usuals, right? health, um, food, shelter, you know, the roof over our heads, our pets, our family. And then there were also little specific things, right? Um, So, you know, the things our kids love, like their Legos and their video games. And the TV was on there from the children. (laughs) Because, you know, these kids love their screen time when they get it, right? And and so, you know, um, and specific people and, and all of that. So, and then, you know, people who have passed on and, and pets who have passed on or are passing on. We have a senior cat right now, and this may be his last week with us. So just a moment of gratitude and thanks for our army and micro who has been with me for 17 years. I found him when he was a five-week-old kitten, and I am very, very, very grateful to have been his um, his pet parent, <laughs> his his keeper and um and just to observe his life i just feel honestly so blessed to have observed his life and to have him be such a buddy such a little familiar um 
he was such a sweet guy. So this again is from Gratitude Prayers. And this one is by Barbara Younger and it is called Early Morning Gratitude Check. Excuse me. Tea kettle on the stove. Check. Purring cat on the couch. Check. Furnace rumbling in the basement. Check. Family sleeping upstairs. Check. Day on the horizon. Check. Gratitude within. Check and check. And I love that because, again, this is like my mornings. (laughs) I have kitty cats around me. Um, I'm grateful for the heat in the winter, of course. Um, I I try to get up before my family as often as possible and have just a little me time. And it's tea or coffee for me every morning, that warm beverage. Um, You know, in the summer, sometimes I do the iced versions. Just something that feels like a treat to me um, that um, at times when I'm caffeine-free, it doesn't have that pick-me-up, but it has that that psychological <laughs> pick me up. Um, and I'm not caffeine for you right now, by the way, but I have been different times in my life. And, um, and I, and I hope to get back there one day, although it's not a habit goal at this point, but, um, you know, we're going to do a whole talk on, on those goals and on, um, stacking habits and all that good stuff. And if you would like to learn more about that and prep for that new year stuff that's coming around the bend, I encourage you to go to our episode with Carrie Fisher, where she talks about habit stacking and just little simple things you can do to sort of hack that and um, and get into especially making a habit out of mindfulness. To me, that's the most important thing that I can do. And my health follows that very naturally when I am in a place of being present, listening to myself and listening to the world around me. So I'm going to read the titles from the sec- second section here. Um, on these simple, um, this, let's see, this chapter again was called, I've already forgotten and I'm going back to the table of contents and it was called everyday life. You may have already beat me to that. So the next one is let the day break by Sandra H. Bounds. This ordinary world by Emily Dickinson. I'm sorry. There's a quote in it. This ordinary world by Sherry. And I'm not, I'm going to mispronounce this. Was Schoenfenthal. Um, And she starts it with a quote from an Emily Dickinson poem, which I love that. That's very meta. Then there's This Body by Janine Cannon. And yes, let's be grateful for this body. And another one I'm going to read to you by Cindy Breedlove called Both Ways. I like to get home first, put away my stuff, freshen up, greet my love with a hug and a kiss. And I like to get home last, see the light on, smell dinner, be given a hug and a kiss when I walk in the door. I like to get home. Oh, I love that one. I love these pithy little ones, right, that are so full of just greatness. Um, She likes to do all these things. She likes to do all these things, and she likes it both ways. And how wonderful is that to find the joy in each, right? To be able to be like, I. this is a win for me either way. This section ends with a poem by Barbara Schmitz called Morning Light, and um, I love this one too. So um, this one is a little, it's got the word God in it. So if you don't love that, substitute for yourself. But again, um, there's that that big energy. It could be the L train. It could be the CTA, right? (laughs) Morning Light by Barbara Schmitz. Each day, the soul decides whether or not to enter yet one more time into this carousel blinks open the body's eyes to nearly morning light, lifts the head in glory to God's vast sky, climbs the legs out of bed to keep moving on this journey to understanding the mystery and beauty of being alive. 
And so it's really about the body too. It's about, you know, just that thing that a lot of people start their gratitude lists with. I this my husband always does this too, which is so funny. For the longest time, he struggled to to find one thing to be grateful about. And so I would say, you know, what's the lowest hanging fruit for you? What's the the lowest bar? And he would say, I'm not dead yet with a question and like really sarcastic and I'd be like, "Okay, cool. If that's good to you, let's write that down, right?" And so for ages and ages, his gratitude list started with not dead. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and it's what, you know, we all know those people who, you know, um, will say, you know, we're like, hey, how are you doing? And they're like, any day above ground is a good day, you know. And um, and that is true. At a certain age, especially, that becomes, okay, I'm here. I've got some more stuff to do. And so let's get the doing going. And um and I just want to say, you know, if holidays are a trigger of grief for you, then um, I encourage you to know, of course, that of course it's okay to miss those people who aren't here with us and that when you miss them, it shows how much you loved them. And so um, in this time of Thanksgiving, this American holiday of Thanksgiving that not everybody celebrates, but our family does, in this time, I give thanks for the ones I did get to know and the ones I have shared time on the earth with, even if we can't all be here all at the same time. Which is a great segue into the third section, the natural world. And this one has a quote from Pamela Travers, and I don't know Pamela Travers, but she was alive from 1899 to 1996 and was a poet and writer. And her quote is, magical things happen every day if we allow it. Think of daylight, of the stars at night, a flower, a dandelion is a miracle. And that harkens back to the original poem we read by Walt Whitman. So this is great. And um, these natural world poems, of course, they go into all this nature stuff, right? About sitting by the stream and laughing and um, those same types of little vignettes that Whitman shared with us. And so I won't read all of the um, titles this time in the natural world, nor will I read actually any selections from this one because we've had so many that have shared that. But I will say in section four (laughs) that friends and family, I'm going to read all of the selections from section four because it is a selection on friends and family. And the spirit of Thanksgiving, my take on the spirit of Thanksgiving, right? And I am, I come from a family that, I don't know, honestly, if there was somebody who was a pretendian, <laughs> I don't know. I do know that I was given a lot of traditions of Pueblo Native Americans. I, my name, the whole naming tradition, I've got a lot that comes from that. Um, and somebody either was raised by Pueblo or, um, had a lot of interaction. Um, and I, you know, specifically was told this particular ancestor was, and there are family stories that go all around the family for generations from this particular individual. And so, um, DNA testing is not finding this (laughs) in our bloodline. And, um, and I, I really do believe that um, this person believed these experiences and 
may have been raised by the people um, he says he was raised by and um, and that were his family and may or may not have known that he was or was not Pueblo himself. So um, because a lot of things happen, right? But um, but I will say, um, I use the word pretendian, but I have never, never, <laughs> ever said that um, I qualify for or speak for a certain group. I just know that I was raised with certain traditions and, um, and heritage um, stories. And um, they have informed my belief that I am connected to the natural world. And that I believe that we all are, no matter where we come from. So, um, so with that, then, um, there are specific things that I have done in that kind of connection. And the reason I share this is to go again into my take on the Thanksgiving ceremony. I was told that (laughs) when, um, one great, um, great, great, so far back ancestor came over from Ireland to America, her family landed um, in this particular place and that um, this other person's um, family was there to receive them and to connect with people and that there was a big felling of a tree and there was a potlatch and there was a big um, celebration together and that these young people grew up together. Um, you know, they were children at the time and when they were young, early teenagers and were falling in love, that was really frowned upon and they ran away together. And then he went, he was passing quote unquote, uh, which apparently if he was actually <laughs> A white man. He was passing very well <laughs> on purpose. But um, I laugh. I laugh about this because this is my family. This is my family, and so I'm certainly not um, laughing about other people's experiences. Um, but I feel like it's important to talk about this also on Thanksgiving. Um, that that my heritage has been that we honor these traditions. That they come from both um, my family's side of um, you know um, Europeans who were some colonial and some um, immigrants later, and then some supposedly Native Americans. And so this blending of traditions has felt very much like home to me. And this reminder of um, the potlatch with the giveaway, this uh, this concept of sharing the harvest and when the, the potlatch concept really that I was taught is that um, when when we feel like we are in doubt and loss and scarcity, then we give more. And and not in a way of like giving more to stay poor, but in a way of like, I believe that I do have something. And so I'm going to give the little that I have to the people who support me and trust that it is reciprocated. And then look for those gifts. And so that is the real essence of Thanksgiving for me. It's the sharing of the harvest. You know, my kids and I read Stone Soup today, right? And um, it's that whole concept. And so with that then, that's where I would love to, listeners, read to you more selections uh, from Gratitude Prayers, Prayers, Poems, and Prose for Everyday Thankfulness. And this is from the fourth section, which is about friends and family. So I'm going to get to that section here. Um And of course, everything starts with a quote. And this is by Marcel Proust. Let us be grateful to people who make us happy. They are the charming gardeners who make our souls blossom. Celebration by Lori Eberhardy. I want to celebrate you. I am truly blessed to be a part of your world. I learn from you. I admire you. I love you. 
You are my own personal star that follows me around and shines down on me. You light my life with magic and wonder. Such a gift of love. You are a part of my soul. You own a piece of my heart. Your loving spirit provides a constant parade of emotions that warm my heart. I feel complete knowing you are near. I feel empty without you. I want to celebrate you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So for friends and family, right? I mean, this could be for soulmates. This could be for children. This could be for pets, right? (laughs) Who have been our familiars. This could be anybody that we love. This could be a mentor. I love this concept of celebration and wanting to really praise and celebrate another. The next poem selected here is by Diane M. Del Giorno, and it is called Open Hearts. They teach, they guide, they counsel, they console, they befriend, they minister, they lead, they inspire. Again and again, each reprises just one lesson, that we are valued, that we are capable. That is all. That is everything. Oh, for those open hearts. And then another. And you know, if you're listening to this on the podcast and this is going too fast and you want to really sit with what you feel after this, go into your body, your moods and your thoughts and check in with yourself, right? I encourage you, hit pause. But if you're listening on the radio because you love this, then just keep listening and go with the flow. This next poem is called With the Children by Michael D. Heilman. The children scream through the house, bare feet padding on hardwood, dress up, Darth Vader chasing Disney princess, lightsaber versus wand, Sunday morning cinnamon rolls, autumn crisp. I've forgotten so much. Please, please let me keep more than a photograph. When age finally takes the folds of my mind and collapses them, when all goes gray and confused, let me remember love. Oh, this one brings me to tears because I am an older mama. I have young children and hot flashes <laughs> and memory loss. And so, um, yes, absolutely this. <clears throat> I mean, you may want to also pause this and just share what stories you have, what you're grateful for, what memories this brings up for you. All right, water break. <clears throat> And I'm going to read this next one. And then after that, we're going to get to my favorite poem in this whole collection. So this next one first is called Between You and Me. And it is by Lori Eberhardy. You are here inside my laughter. Thoughts of you are on my mind and wrapped around my heart. You empower me to love with all I have and to enjoy all that is good. As I embrace each day with the promise of you, I can't imagine a day that is not filled with your smiles. My life has been kissed by many blessings, and because of you, each day is a gift filled with grace, mercy, and love. I cherish the moments that bring us together, and it is inside this space I realize I am home. I like that too, and I also like that this really can be about someone who is far away. You know, um, we could just be at work, away from our loved one we live with. We could be living in different towns or different countries, right? Um, Or they could be gone. They could be, they could have passed on and have died and you are remembering them and still taking them with you everywhere you are. Because she says, inside this space, I realize I am home, cherishing the memories and moments that bring us together. 
Okay, so I have said that this next one is my favorite. And so before I get into that, I'm going to tell you a story. And before I get into that, I'm going to remind you, listeners, you are listening to 103.1 FM WVLP. This is Tune In Radio for your mind, body, and soul. I am your host, Keila Parkinson, and our show is brought to you in part by Universal Love Clothing. Universal Love Clothing creates beautifully designed positive affirmations and pairs them with the coziest eco-friendly fabrics in the world to bring you clothing you feel good in. Find your perfect fit at universalloveclothing.com. And uh, shout out and happy Thanksgiving to our friend Positively Dave, who is um, affiliated there with Universal Love Clothing and um, is a regular guest on the show. Dave will be back, of course, in December, as will Sister Sage, I believe. I shouldn't say that. She'll be she'll be here either in December or January. She's been on the show a couple of times, a few times now. <clears throat> She's been coming since... Um, the beginning of 2020 and I always love to see what her predictions are um she does really it's a really interesting form of divine astrology and um so that will be really fun to hear from from Sister Sage and it will be of course really fun to hear from our favorite show coach Positively Dave and so now (laughs) as promised here's a little story about the next poem the next poem from our book we're reading from today, Gratitude Prayers, Prayers, Poems, and Prose for Everyday Thankfulness. In our special Thanksgiving episode of 2022 is a poem called The Power of Grace by Damar Rieger. And I would not know how to pronounce her name except that, um, actually I believe it's Damar Rieger, <laughs> but I think she says Rieger, um, except that I got to meet Damar in person. And so, um, the story, I'll start with, I'll, I'll just tell it in chronological order. Um, I was on a road trip with some friends from my spiritual community, and we were going to a silent retreat together, and so fun. And, and on this trip, we stopped in several places that also had um, different different spiritual connections for different people on the trip. And so one of the, the places we went to was the um, headquarters of the very first Unity Church in um in Kansas, and I believe Kansas City, um, and it, uh, this, the headquarters there, um, this, it, I'm trying to think of, like, this movement was started in the late 1800s, and this church, I believe, was built in the early 1900s, and then, um, in the 1930s and 40s, they, they, uh, moved to a bigger campus, but they had, um, this this church still this original church building where they they still have different classes and seminars and I believe worship services and um, Unity is a New Thought Christian church just for anybody who's interested in knowing what that means um, and again you can look that up right <laughs> what all of that means but um, we took a tour there and we went to a yoga class I think and another meditation and so um these were just like bonuses on our way to our retreat right which was really really cool and um after so after the tour there had there had been there had been several people helping us including a woman who was like at a front desk where we had checked in and she kept giving us like oh here's what's happening and here's what's happening next and she was this beautiful woman who looked like she was probably in her seventies and she just was so gorgeous and so, um, standing upright and very sharp as a tack, you know, and I just thought, oh, she has really been places and done things and love her energy. She's got this great zest, right? And then, um, after the yoga and meditation, we came out and I was all like, whoo, 
woo, really opened up. I was just really, um, I was almost dizzy. I was so like, oh my goodness, right? I just felt so, um, just full of energy and, and all the ways. And I needed to kind of ground and center myself so that I could move on and just, you know, take some, just some fun tours of like barbecue places in Kansas city. And so, um, so <laughs> I, um, I was kind of, I was doing some exercises with my friends who were there just trying to kind of like ground myself, just centering myself. And I felt really, really centered and very magnetically pulled back to that desk where that woman had been. And I just, I really wanted to know her story. And I, I felt that. And then I heard her speak. She was in the same area. She was in the same room we were, but in different areas, I should say. And, um, it turns out she was looking right at us and, and I, my friend had said like, oh, I can see that's calming you. And she said, I feel calm just watching you. And I just, I didn't even know, how, I felt like I stepped one step and got to that desk, but it was several paces across the floor, probably, I don't know, 20 steps across the floor. All of a sudden I was just zoop right there at the desk. And I, and I said, um, you have great energy too. And I said something like, I feel like I want to know your, I can't remember what I said. Something like, I feel like I want to get to know you or I, just that. I can't remember somehow just, I do remember saying you have great energy too. And then I remember that the group I was with sort of trickled over there also. And then we started talking and she was sharing things. And I said, you've lived a life, something like that. Right. And she just started saying things. And she said, you know, what's funny is I just got these books delivered today. And these are some books I have self-published about my life. I just did these for fun for my family, sort of a vanity press kind of thing. And I said, oh, that's very cool. My, my, great grandmother's nieces, um, did that for, for her and, um, nieces on, she was my step great grandmother, Lucille Parkinson, who was an amazing person in her own right. And, um, and so they had done some, you know, kind of biography of her life, but this woman had written her own and now stay with me if you haven't already figured out who this is, right. But stay with me. So, um, she pulls out, here I am, like, I want to know her story. And she pulls out this great thing and she reads a couple of poems from it. It's a collection of poetry. And I was like, you are a poet. This is very good. This is not just Vanity Press stuff. And she said, well, I am a writer and I have had many things published, including books, but this is just for my family. And the poem too was a very deep, beautiful poem about her loss as a widow and the grief that she lived with. And, um, and it mentioned like some dates and some things in there. So when we were her name, she said her wonderful name, which was so beautiful, Damar Rieger, and, um, or Regeer, and that's the French pronunciation, and, and I was like, oh my gosh, even your name is, like, from Vogue magazine, you know, <laughs> it was so beautiful, and as we were leaving, after we were leaving the visit, I felt so graced and gifted that I just wanted to know this woman's story, and I got it in a nutshell, and she just happened to get these books, and they were sitting right there, I was so grateful for that, and as, you know, my friends and I were leaving, one of the women um, in my group did the math and said, she's 90. And I was like, oh my goodness, she's 90. How can that be? And I was just amazed. It was so stunning and so amazing. So about a couple of years later, I get this beautiful book from my niece, Olivia, and it became my morning devotional that for throughout the next year. And I was taking it with me one day on my monthly me time mom float at float 60 in uh Sherville, indiana and um that's where i go to the sensory deprivation flotation tank and i just get completely alone and completely centered in 
the vastness of nothing, which is so wonderful. And I feel completely like I disappear and like the world disappears and like I expand and I'm connected to everything. I can't even fathom. It's ineffable. Such a beautiful experience. And I got to my float and um, either I was early, probably I was early and I was sitting and waiting and I thought I'm going to read a couple of pieces from my gratitude prayers devotional book because it became a devotional book for me as I've said and I randomly flipped to a different page instead of going to what was next and it was this beautiful book on the power of grace and it was very much about um this connection of people and I had been feeling like in my float that day I wanted to think about connecting to specific people so I read this beautiful poem called the power of grace and then I got to the end and I saw the name, Damar Regeer. And I burst into tears. <laughs> How much I loved you. Your smile, your embrace, your words were stitches in the garment I donned each day. Without them, I would have been naked, my life bare. Why did I think you were so mortal I could love you only with my senses? Touching, hearing, seeing. Now, heart murmurings, warm feelings, cherished memories tell me you are with me always. And through your leaving, I learned about grace, an unexpected gift which picked me up, moved me forward, helped me recover. And so now, I am left with two gifts, that inexplicable grace and you. Oh, I get cold chills. Thank you, Miss DeMar. Oh, I went, I get tears too because oh, this lady's grace to have met her briefly and to have dipped so deeply into her soul. Man, I feel so grateful. I'm going to end on two last pieces. And these are not the last pieces in this section, nor are they last pieces in this book. We're not even halfway, but mostly almost halfway through the book. And again, the book I've been reading from, Gratitude Prayers by June Cotner. This one is by Dinah Marie Mullet Crake, and I'm probably mispronouncing that too. <laughs> and it is called <clears throat> Friendship. And it was published somewhere between, <clears throat> excuse me, 1826 and 1887. So bear that in mind. Oh, the comfort, the inexpressible comfort of feeling safe with the person, having neither to weigh thoughts nor measure words, but pouring them all right out, just as they are, chaff and grain together, certain that a faithful hand will take and sift them, keep what is worth keeping, and with the breath of kindness, blow the rest away. You know, in a time that was so um, pent up in the United States in particular, um, and all over the world and in, in, in many, many places, um, you know, this, this idea of all the, the stiff dresses and the many layers um, for women in particular, right, in so many different parts of the world through the 1800s that this poem would have been written to be able to just be oneself, to just speak unfiltered and uncensored. What a gift. And today, same thing, same thing. Friends, Thank you for listening to me and for speaking with me today. So I hope you're a dog lover, <laughs> or if not, you have the grace to humor <laughs> an animal lover like myself as I read the very last piece I'll read to you today, which is by Gary E. McCormick, a more contemporary piece called Walking the Dog. 
I include as one of my best friends the furry lover at the end of this leash who accepts me and my actions with no strings attached. His eyes always show just what he thinks is going on in my heart. He feels the vibrations of my anxiety travel the length of his leash. His gait tells me to slow down, to absorb all the looks and smells of the beauty that may pass us by, so I absorb all I can as he takes me for a walk. Oh, my goodness, listeners. Thank you so much for joining me again on this wonderful um, little meandering today as we read these gratitude prayers together. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about the rest of this book, that it has several other sections. Chapter 5 is called Joy and Wonder. Chapter 6 is called Faith and Courage. Chapter 7 is Prayers and Blessings. And it starts with one called Gratitude Toast by Mary Maud Daniels. And so, you know, even the sections that seem maybe potentially religious, they draw from lots of things. Chapter 8 is called Reflections. Chapter 9 is called Inspiration. And Chapter 10 is called Gratitude Boosters. And it's actually a selection of short inspirational thoughts by several amazing people, including Emily Dickinson, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Jean-Baptiste Alphonse Carr. Um, Just amazing. And of course, you know, more contemporary people too. But Martha Washington, you know. So, so many fun, fun things. And so um, I highly recommend... This and other little selections of collections because when we find that golden thread that connects all of us, that is the piece that can bring us more present, more aware, and more mindful with gratitude every single day. I thank you for being a listener. I thank you for being a supporter of the show. And I will see you later, meditators.